0: Hi, thank you for listening to another episode of the Following Films podcast, a movie podcast that takes you on a weekly journey into the world of cinema and the minds of the talented individuals who shape it. I'm your host, Chris Maynard, and today we're joined by the writer-director Thaddeus O'Sullivan to discuss his new film, The Miracle Club. The film has an all-star cast, including the incomparable Laura Linney, the indomitable Kathy Bates, and the venerable Maggie Smith. The Miracle Club is a deeply touching film that deals with guilt, grief, and shame with absolute honesty. Oh, and it's a laugh out loud funny. And that is an incredibly difficult balance to pull off. And in my humble opinion, O'Sullivan completely nailed this one. But before we dive into our conversation with Thaddeus, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Bookmans. Bookmans is your go to independent bookstore where you can find an extensive selection of books, movies, music, and so much more. They truly believe in the power of storytelling and the magic of the cinematic arts. So if you're looking to expand your film collection, be sure to visit your nearest bookmans. There's always something truly wonderful to discover. Have you followed the following films podcast on Spotify? If you have, well, thank you. And if you haven't, Head over to Spotify, search for Following Films, and give us a follow. It really does help the show. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Thaddeus about The Miracle Club. The film opens in theaters nationwide this Friday, July 14th. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hey, Thaddeus, how are you today? Good, Chris. Grand. Nice to see you. How are you? Doing great.
0: Doing really good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. welcome. Where are you at right now? I'm uh, in New York. Oh, okay, good. I, I was hoping the time difference wasn't going to be too much for you. So that, no, that's no. that's still reasonable. It's not too bad. New York to uh, West Coast time, so that's not too bad. Um, congratulations on the film. Um, just first and foremost, you got something really special here. Um, oh, thank you. I, I I I'm somebody who I really enjoy watching actors um that's what i that's why i love film the thing that got me and you have inarguably three of the most talented actresses working today um so can you just talk about your casting process and the embarrassment of riches that you have in this cast
1: well of course um well uh i don't take credit for all the casting um the project's been around a while and um uh, maggie smith uh, and uh, Kathy Bates got involved. Uh, the original writer um, did uh, approach them, I don't know how long ago, um, 15, 20 years ago, uh, really a long time. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So it, they've stayed interested <clears throat> all that time. And um I don't know, how, don't know how connected they were to the project. I got involved about 15 years ago uh, when I was first approached. Um, HBO were going to do it at that time, and um, that didn't uh, that didn't work out. But they had some legal issue they had to sort out, and uh, it went away. And uh, it came back about three years ago, and uh, I worked with the writer Tim Prager uh, on another draft or two, and uh, we got um, Laura on board at that point.
0: Well, that's that's I mean, a good a good reason to wait in the, <laughs> the very least. So, um, how different was it through that process in between from where you started to where the end product that you ended up with?
1: I think it was more a comedy, uh, a comedy that um, needed uh, more of a story mm. uh, in the in the early um, iterations, and uh, I think that that's why people felt it was uh, it didn't uh, have enough heft. I think and um uh so it uh it was shelved on a couple of occasions uh and um <clears throat> and the uh, the christie character played by laura linney uh is the character that was uh, developed um later and, uh, it, and and she was the one that was that was able to uh, bring the um bring the past into the present Uh, The whole issue of the past wasn't there in in the early, very earlier drafts. Uh, The events of the past affecting Mm -hmm. the present—that that that Um, concept—and so uh, those appeared. They were really focused on in the last couple of years, uh, and uh, the Laura Linney character emerged. That's Um, so funny
0: because that's that's the. To me, that's the real, the center of the film is that the, the way the past informs the, these, yeah. uh, this whole, for lack of a better word, this journey, I think that that it's the it's because of the past. So I think that that's to have not had that. I couldn't imagine the story without it.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's their involvement in it uh, in the past and the, the fact that they have managed to um, put it to one side in their lives uh, means that they... They have guilt uh, as well, which I know it's a bit of a cliche to say that's part of the whole Catholic thing, but um, <laughs> it's it's a thing. <laughs> to say I'm saying, I can vouch for that. And uh, it's, uh, I think it was that aspect of it that really interested me. Not the guilt particularly, but um, the damage that the past has done, and that the Laura Linney character was the one that had carried it carried it away from them uh li- like a, a scapegoat or something
0: yeah
1: and, uh, she was the one that was branded and, and sent off into the wilderness and uh, to live her own life which she has done um <clears throat> the character has done and uh, while the others carry on um i don't know what they must have felt uh 40 years ago but um they would have been supported by the culture of the time of course, and gave it kind of permission. Yeah, you know, gave you permission to uh, to do that sort of thing, uh, to mark people in that way. Uh, and um, it was, that would that would have been in our time frame, it would have been mid mid twenties or so in yeah. terms of characters' uh, early days. And it was around that time that the, the mother and babies home were, were set up in Ireland um, to cater for uh, women who'd. Fallen by the wayside, and um, wanted to have their weren't allowed to have their babies anywhere but in private, in secret, and um, the mother and baby homes uh, developed at that time. So she would have ended up there. Right. Uh, she hadn't taken herself off uh, at, at a very early age and managed her life herself, and the tragedy followed her uh, in a sense because the, the Declan, her lover um basically committed suicide and um uh, so she uh she remained out of the picture um until her mother died it seems an appropriate time to bring people back together classically
0: well yeah and, and it's i but that's something that it's uh yeah it's a it's a standard it's something you you've seen in films before. But it's also something that I think most of us have seen in our reality as well. That there's you I haven't been to a funeral yet, that I haven't seen people that it's been too long since I had seen them. Where, where I've, you know, just uh, going to a family funeral within the last couple of weeks and the things that need to be put aside that were just how pointless and meaningless they are. And it's we we have to wait till somebody fucking dies till we can see exactly. that we're so stupid. Yeah.
1: Yeah, weddings, births, and funerals. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes one of the others, but um, famously, uh, funerals. And um, yes, and then her mother leaves this letter for her to to, to read. Um, I was in, uh, somebody was interviewing me er- earlier on today, and she said that she'd uh, her mother had left a similar letter, um, because she couldn't express her affection. When she was alive, the way she wanted to, sure. so years before she died, and this wasn't with the death imminent in any way, she wrote this letter, which was um, basically um, saying, "I love you, I love you all, and uh, I'm sorry I couldn't say it better." In reality, on the letter,
0: I'm. Uh, it's it's scary how common that is. Um, you know, I'm. It's something I'm. Co- I'm conscious of. You know, being a father, that I, I don't. I try not to have a day go by where I don't express that to my kids and let them know that you know, no matter what, what, that that they are loved, and that is the easiest thing in the world for me to say and to express. And I can't imagine a world where that wasn't the case. So God, whenever I see that, it just breaks my heart. I know.
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe, but there you are. It is. Is a. It's more common than you think, probably.
0: Oh well, I mean, I know just a few generations ago that was. I mean, my mother-in-law, I I think she said she heard it from her parents maybe once or twice, kind of thing. And then my mom's English, so not exactly known for being the most uh, emotionally forthright people. So it's um, so yes, I'm I am familiar with this, but it's just one of those things that I, to me, that's so much of what the human experience is and what I love about this film, what resonates with me that you do. You talked about that this used to be more of a comedy, that it leaned into that side of it much heavier. But there's certainly comedy here still. And it's at all points in the film, even when it gets as tragic and as dark as it does, I think that there's always levity. And that's absolutely the case in reality as
1: well. Yeah, there are some surprising (laughs) surprising moments pop up. Uh, thoughtless things, really, where you step outside yourself. I remember when my father was dying, uh, the doctor came around, family gathered, and uh he was he passed away uh there and then uh as the doctor was leaving the house and I ran after the doctor and I said, I think he's passed away. And um she was just about to get into her car and uh she said, Oh I'll go back then. You know, so she went back and I said, No, no, hang on a second. You're not you're really parked badly here. You need to park. <laughs> <You're back laughs> So I was helping her through the car, and, uh, and uh, even in that moment, I was thinking what am i what am I doing here but uh something else just took over, which was uh, uh, just an avoidance thing um but it is amazing how we distract ourselves,
0: yeah. Oh. Oh, 100% agreed. That's when I'm that I am guilty of that through and through. If there's something that's emotionally heavy that I'm trying to lift, I will 100% give myself busy work surrounding it so that I can be involved in the minutia and details and I can deal with the emotion later. And eventually all that busy work dries up and all those things and you're left to deal with it. But yeah, if I can put it off, I'll I'll 100% put it off. So for better or for worse.
1: Well, in the, our story, in our film stories case, uh, they put it off. Uh, they ignored it, yeah. you know, and uh, just surfaced like a bad apple uh, uh, years later.
0: Well, they can point a finger. They they can say this 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 person that left here. It is your 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 mother was a saint, and you you never gave a shit. So it's it's very simple the conceit of it. And it's when people are removed, it's easy to blame them. It's it's the it's the other, it's the interloper. It's somebody from the outside that you can just point the finger at. And it's yeah. as a whole, I mean, society, We that's something we wrestle with constantly on very small and very large levels.
1: Yeah. So she took that hurt with her and um, had no intention of coming back, but uh, uh, it was a funeral, I, uh, the death of, the, of her mother that brings, brings her back. And I think it's the letter that provokes her to go to Lord yeah, uh, I'll have to follow them to sort of see it through, uh, in in some ways to do what my mother might have wanted, though she wouldn't have admitted that. I think in the moment, um, so she goes, and so, uh, that's the ball rolling.
0: Could you talk a little bit about um, Kathy Bates doing an accent? It's always a scary proposition uh, for Americans to do accents, um, and yeah, to my ear, um, I feel like she did a great job here but I'm not the best judge for it. So, uh, but I can hear the ones that are off. This one didn't sound off to me. It sounded very authentic. And I think once you give into a performance a few minutes in, you're not even noticing it anymore. Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. Do you have books, movies, or music gathering dust on your shelves? Give them a new life at Bookman's. They gladly accept trade-ins and buy used media. Clear up some space for new artistic journeys, while knowing that your books, movies, and music will find a loving home. On my latest trip to Bookman's, I found a copy of the 1946 film, Beauty and the Beast. This film is an absolute classic and a cinematic treasure that has stood the test of time, captivating audiences for generations now. This film is extraordinary, it weaves a spell-binding tale that touches the heart and ignites your imagination. From the very first frame, the exquisite artistry and attention to detail transport you to a mesmerizing realm of fantasy and wonder. Cocteau's visionary direction infuses each scene with poetic elegance, and it allows the story to unfold in a visually stunning and emotionally resonant manner. One cannot help but be captivated by the production design and breathtaking cinematography. The opulent castle, with its haunting corridors and magical rooms, becomes a character in itself. And this isn't like when people say New York is a character in the film. This is a literal character in the film. The ethereal lighting and intricate set pieces create a visual feast that immerses the audience in a realm of enchantment. What truly sets this rendition of Beauty and the Beast apart is its ability to delve beyond the surface and explore the complexities of human nature. The film delves into themes of love, sacrifice, and the transformative power of acceptance. It reminds us that true beauty lies within, and that appearances can be deceiving. The allegorical elements presented throughout the story add depth and thought-provoking layers, making it a timeless tale with universal resonance. Beauty and the Beast, it's nothing short of a triumph when it comes to storytelling and craftsmanship. A true cinematic gem that continues to captivate audiences, even after decades. There's very few things you can see that were made 80 plus years ago, or almost 80 years now I guess if I'm doing the math correctly, um, that still hold up. That stands as a testament to the power and imagination and the enduring appeal of a tale as old as time. If you seek a film that transports you to a world of magic, look no further than this timeless masterpiece. I cannot recommend the film highly enough and recommend that you go to your local Bookman's to unearth your new favorite film. Remember Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show.
1: That's good. Uh, she certainly worked very hard. Uh, it's, uh, you know, for it is a massive undertaking and, um, she, uh, worked very hard for months. Uh, we had, uh, a dialect coach. um, doing zooms with her and sending her stuff to get her to get her going and then when she came over yeah he was on the set full time uh dealing dealing with it uh, and dealing with maggie smith as well although it wasn't so difficult for her it wasn't such a challenge for her she's done many irish parts over the years
0: yeah
1: um but Cathy uh, kathy uh took to its uh immersed herself in it completely uh to the point where she was she was talking to all her neighbors in Los Angeles in the in the accent. She was talking to her dog uh, in the accent, and the dog would look at her as if an <laughs> angel had walked into the house. Um, she was very funny about it, and uh, but she was uh, absolutely dedicated. And um, and then I discovered that in everything she does, she does like at one hundred and ten percent.
0: Yeah, not somebody who's known for phoning it in. Like there's absolute no, commitment in no. all of our performances.
1: No, and uh, you know, what we were lucky in casting stars, we were lucky that they were well cast. Because <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well we know, you know, people get attached to films they shouldn't be involved in, but it's the thing that gets the film made. And um I've done that in my myself in the past. But uh I thought long and hard about this before uh, you know, before moving on with it. That um, what are we getting into here? Um, yes, everybody wants to work with these actors, including myself, but um, you know, am I going to do them justice? Yeah. That's really what I would ask myself. And so I was constantly at the script over and over and over again, uh, to make sure that, um, and they were too. They were you know, eating away at it which was would be their nature. As uh, as the kind of actors they are, um, but but I felt beholden to to them to you know make a decent film. So uh, so that I found that that was tough. Uh, I have to say, um, making it itself wasn't really. <laughs> the the shoot went um, went quite well. The usual production problems, but um, they were so up to speed. And they were so uh, committed, and uh, they gave uh, their all uh, to it from the moment they hit the set. They're they're completely professional in that sense. As you'd expect, maybe, maybe don't expect. You hear so much about actors throwing wobblies and all that. But here we had three massive personalities, um, and um, we never had any issues. Uh, All they wanted to do was work and, and tell stories. That was very helpful to me to think story 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 that's what they want to do is tell a story and they would say why would i say that we already know that or why don't i say this because we don't know it and then and then, but but when do we say it they they, mm. they all about uh, structure as well um, so they were very helpful
0: one of the nice things about having people that with that kind of experience under their belts people that are not new to this that they do understand that whole process. And you have these three actors that are just very unusual in that they have immense range where they can do very quiet, subtle things and go very broad and bombastic and go as wide as you want them to do. But they all have that ability to be very internalized. I mean, you know, when I think of laura linney it's all the internal stuff and how much she can do with these small emotional beats you know and while i think of kathy bates i generally think of the bigger broader stuff but she absolutely can go small and internal and maggie smith i i don't think there's anything she can't do at this point she's just one of those people that can do anything it seems including a musical number so who knew
1: all oh, right <laughs> didn't daunt her this life no uh No, I mean, Laura in particular, uh, you know, she, she, she does. uh, It's uh, it is fantastically subtle Uh, for all those actors. uh, And, and this is uh, not an ego thing, but to have that confidence to know that um, you're, you're communicating what you want to communicate by doing as little as that is, you know, I, you know, uh, we didn't have to, I didn't have to do much work with them, uh, they would offer up things and they would say, Do you like that? Do you want me to do something else? Uh what would I what would they do here? Uh or they'd say, You know, I wouldn't do that, I would do this. It was all very seemed all seemed very simple. And um Laura was Laura would just throw something in and say, Oh, I'll try something else and uh, do something else, and third day do something else again. And yet, uh, and yet she had um uh, you know, in her mind's eye, she was very clear about what she was going to—the beat for each scene. Uh, but at the same time, she was uh, also capable of uh, changing things and still maintain that beat in her head, and still do something different. I could never quite get to the bottom of that.
0: It's a—it's uh, impressive, and it's she's one of those actors that I, I can endlessly watch her, um, do next to nothing. And it gives the audience the ability to project so much onto it. And it's such confidence that you feel that there's absolutely decisions being made there, but it gives this room to, there's never that telegraphing of, I am walking into this room deeply conflicted and have multiple feelings. You see a beautiful set, beautiful countryside, but I have this internal struggle going on right now. She does all that, but she does it with her physicality and these small little movements of her body that just it's it all yeah. reads i i don't it's mind-blowing to watch
1: yeah i used to think about watching them was um uh, david mammoth used to have this as this in one of his, his books he talks at length about um every gesture mm-hmm. should be should carry uh you know mean an intent and uh, should represent something and uh that's hard to do because uh it could, because as David Mamet has, has proven to us uh you know some of his actors can be quite mechanical some of his instructions make actors quite mechanical sure and, uh, so uh but you know you they've never these actors never wasted a uh a, a gesture it was always um dead dead right um whether Maggie was doing comedy that thing about the the leak and the, the and the, and the I mean that's just phenomenal. So simple, and uh, she would uh, just get every single beat right. And she would, um, she'd, uh, she'd work out the business. You know, she'll try this, I'll try that. She'd be banging around, and turning taps, and and you know, coming up with what what's what she's going to settle on. Yeah. And the, oh, in her in her actor's brain, it would be all. What's the story? What's the story here? What's the, what am I telling here? And of course, they're all like that, but um, just talking about Maggie.
0: So, but, uh, I, I just to switch gears slightly, I would be, I have to mention the costume design in this film is so good. Um, everything, and it's just something that grabbed me right away. It's not just the authenticity, but the, like, the, opening sequence that you have where that matching dress that they all have and just oh my god, like the weight of it. You can feel that uncomfortable, horrible fabric <laughs> <in> every frame. We <laughs> would never make something like this now. And it's so beautiful. And I and it goes throughout. But yeah, I it just I it's so wonderfully awful at times that I, I loved it.
1: Did you wonder why they were all in that same costume? Did it dawn on you?
0: At first I I was, it it was throwing me for a loop when I'm first watching, I'm like, are we watching three different time periods for a moment that I'm wondering why are they all what? And then when it came together, it became very obvious there, but no, I, I did not see where that moment was going that I was putting, it was so much better than anything I would have expected it to be. So it's just a, I don't want to take away that moment from anybody necessarily. We sort of talked about it a moment ago, but yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Really so,
1: works. But, uh, the, the costume designer uh, Judith she's very, she's very bold uh, and uh, <laughs> it's very hard for uh, quite a lot of costume uh, is, is about you know fitting in and, and not being too colourful and you know just keep keeping it you know uh, blending blending but uh, she was uh, quite strong we looked at a lot of pictures from the 60s and we were both surprised at how much colour there was um, and and um, I was. Uh, um, I, I've always looked for an opportunity. I've done that in my past. In the past, blended it in, and hmm. you know, um, never really had an opportunity to to do something color, do something with costume that wasn't color coded. You know, red sure. for this woman and green for that woman, and or man and um uh but this uh you know she suggested this opportunity and like we talked about the, the you know yanks coming home as we used to call them yanks and when they came back to ireland after being uh, many years away they they'd always have something about them that they telegraphed uh, that they were successful that was actually that's the only thing they were interested in telegraphing they were successful and uh because they'd go away as a you know or working class or whatever, you go away, you you have to come back looking better than you went. You know? Sure. And uh, so there was a bit of that, although the character's not like that, but the character uh, is American and is, yeah. you know, the 60s and it's when everything was happening a little bit slower in Ireland. And, um, uh, and also there was a sort of fuck you element uh, about it, you know. It was like, uh, uh, I'm not going to... Um, hide under a bushel, you know, this is yeah. This is me coming back. And I'm not gonna tell you anything about myself either. It's, it's all in the code. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they don't really know. They don't are afraid to ask. They're afraid to say anything to her to open all that up because if they do, they know what's coming. Uh they know what's coming. And it's gonna happen in Lures, if it's gonna happen anywhere. Right because that's where things happen
0: well i congratulations on the film i know we're running out of time here but this is one of those rare films that i would feel absolutely comfortable watching this with my kids i would feel comfortable watching it with my wife i'd feel comfortable watching it with my mom um you know and there's very few that all three of those generations could find something to enjoy here um and man, I I think you got something really special. This is a definitely a great one. like it. Uh, a 12, there's a 12-year-old that I would love to show this to him to this uh, film so uh, that we could talk a little bit about um his grandparents and about, you know, his grandmother, his nan that's from uh, England, and kind of tie that in uh, to a little bit of the piece there that it's not necessarily the same story, but there's some of the ideas with fashion and some of the things with um the bigger social concerns of the time and just to show how somebody that you know personally had to wrestle with a very different world than you've ever known so somebody who's never known a world without a computer that that they uh,
1: make it they make it the story accessible yeah um that's wonderful yeah because the the kids in it were a joy we got very lucky with the children oh yeah very appealing
0: yeah Yeah, they're they're great i i you have top to bottom i mean we we've definitely talked a lot about your three leads here, but even the smaller parts in this film. It's just a beautifully cast film. There's there's not an inauthentic character in this thing. It feels very lived in, very realized, this world. Oh,
1: great. oh brilliant.
0: Well, awesome, Thaddeus. It was a pleasure to meet you and uh congratulations on the film and really appreciate yeah. it.
1: I liked it, you like it. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Thank nice Take talk. care. Time
0: enough to figure you out i enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope